Welcome to Misty Outsides and Habs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama discussion cast. I think oh. they just discuss a lot of things this episode. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we do every episode, though. That's what they're doing this that's time. War cast. War cast. The war's not here yet. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? I don't know. They've been saying the war is here and it's not here over and over. Also, I don't trust this show, so the thing that maybe is the war is a thing that's going to pull my rug out from under my feet. Yeah, it's unclear. So, hey, it's Riverdale. we got another episode of Riverdale. We're coming up to the end of the season, and boy, are things happening. Boy, are we limping to the finish line. Yes, we're getting there eventually. Uh, This episode is mostly... Mostly, predominantly, a bunch of explanations for what has happened for the last 13, 14 episodes. Yeah, and like uh, a lot of these explanations, we know because we watched the show. Yeah, some of them, like, they, they, they're confirming a bunch of things, and they're, I'll say this, we did... Yes, a whole bunch of them. Though, watching these last couple of uh, episodes, it really took us for a trip where I thought, like, are they not going to do, are they not going to do the thing? Are they going to do something different? Have they been misleading us all along? I'll still say, as as is standard for Riverdale, they're going to explain a whole bunch of things. And then those explanations will just beget more questions (laughs) that they will not explain. Yep, yep. Like... Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll right, get there. Yep, right up here at the front, I'm going to tell you, they're going to talk more about the um the MAOA gene, so you know I'm going to I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like almost the way that they do it in this episode is like it's an apology for what they've done so far. Not a great one. <laughs> no, no it's not. Uh but there's a lot this episode. We're going to learn about the history of Percival. Kind of. Sort of. I hate it. We're thank gonna learn. We're gonna learn about the origin of powers. I hate kind it. Thank of. you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to want to get into it because yeah. this is Riverdale season six, episode twenty. Return to Rivervale. Return to Rivervale. I do want you to know that literally until mm, the last 30 seconds of the episode, I thought the episode was called Return to Riverdale because my brain could not perceive uh, the title. Well, well then. That would be weird. <laughs> it would be weird. Be like Back but, to the Future. But it wouldn't be that weird because they did return to Riverdale because they were all dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, know, I was saying it's like Back to the Future. Yeah. You want to go, like, they're going to the past, but they want to go back to the, the future. future. Uh, so there has been a break in filming and Archie's hair is longer now. <laughs> It's really long. And they didn't cut it for... Reasons unknown. I don't know the background. I don't know if he was filming something else, so he had contracts. I... He's not really in it. Archie has not really been in this season very much at all. Yeah. Anyway, that doesn't matter what's going on. Maybe his hair just grew in the afterlife. But what does matter is that it is the eve of war. I guess. They seem to think so. And so they're at Archie's house, and they're going to fill us in on all the information they know. So, what do they know? Well, they know nothing about Percival. Yeah, Percival is a man of mystery. He's an evil wizard. 
He's getting stronger as Bailey's comet is coming closer. And I'm just like, wait, he's getting stronger? He's, well, you know, before he could only mind control and now he does magic. He apparently could always do magic. I don't know why the he mind... He just chose not to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he was acting like he could only do mind control. I will say, I, we knew Bailey's comet was important, but I didn't realize he was... Because sub- that, that, if they had described that, that would explain why he could finally do... The plagues. Like exactly. Why, because he could only do them because Bailey's Comet was close enough. But he's literally only talked about Bailey's Comet once. And he, and he said, when it gets here, I can use it to do my whole ba- final battle against good and evil. Yeah, so that's not the same thing as what you're saying right now, show, but so, okay. Okay, so we're learning stuff. We're learning stuff. He's getting stronger. Yeah. Uh, he's building a ghost train. For reasons unknown. Uh, and he's afraid of a baby. And a baby is a threat to him. Uh, and, well, Pickens have a long history in town, and as Cheryl explains... That maniac General Pickens murdered the Uctana. Which your family paid him to do. Yeah, you, you and, are in the wrong and here. And you are still profiting off of that payment. Yeah. And you have done nothing to substantially make it better for the people that you have stomped on your... Okay, Cheryl, you're right. Augustus d- did it completely unprovoked. Yeah, he... There, I, we had a whole episode about this, but it was in season one, and we know that doesn't exist. No, I was like, no, Aaron, I went season one to wish. It was like season four. Or sorry, no, it was season, season two. Because it was Tony had it to exist. We, yes. Um, so Percival, however, does not have a record in the Pickens family, which for some reason is in the Blossom archives. They have... How did the... How did the Blossoms have an archives? Cheryl Chaotic it burned was, their house down. Aaron, I've told you every single time. <laughs> it was in the other house. They have another house. Uh, we've seen that house. It is a small cottage. Because it was, yes, it's small because it was full of an archive. <laughs> they could only live in a small portion of it. The rest was an archive. Now, um, he's never, now as uh, Veronica explains, he's also never showed up before showing up in Rivervale, which we have said was probably because he's not from this dimension. Yep. Uh, and then. And then Archie's like, this is all dumb. What, what we need to discuss is what he wants. Yeah. Then he's like, what does he want? The apocalypse? And then Tabitha With is going to say. all confidence. Is going to say something that has never existed in this show before, but apparently is gospel truth because it's coming from an angel. Um, No. The apocalypse only happens if he doesn't get what he wants. Is this, what? Is this one of the things that Gabriel told her off screen? Like, is Raphael. That, Raphael. Yeah. Is that just like a catch-all now if Tabitha knows something? Ra- Raphael, char- to- Raphael told her in that scene that was cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does bring up things from that scene where it's like, oh, also, he mentioned this other person. I know you didn't see it. Man, what a storytelling device to just have an angel explain something to somebody off screen. So you can constantly... <laughs> if your characters need knowledge, don't worry about it. An angel told them. It happened in this scene two seasons ago <laughs> when an angel told them. Um, this is confusing to me because I thought the apocalypse was all... Like, the entire battle between good and evil was the apocalypse. Uh-huh. But apparently, no. All the apocalypses that, that Tabitha, Tabitha saw... saw. Were him not getting what he wants, so he caused the apocalypse. He is too overpowered as a villain. Well, I was just going to say, so in all the future shows that she saw, they won. They Ex- beat him. Except for the one where Jughead died. In which case, they actually super won, because they beat him in such a way that he could not also cause the apocalypse. Yes. I don't know. Jughead, Moving on. Jughead brings up, hey, also, 
these powers are weird, right? Like, they showed up in town when Percival, right around when Percival arrived. I think maybe there's a connection there. It is jarring to me that they're just making that connection now, but I guess they've had a lot going on. Lots of dying and being resurrected and, <laughs> yeah, so Jughead, and Jesus figures. So Jughead's going to look into that. Meanwhile, um, Veronica. Veronica is like, well, the one thing we need to do is make Percival think things are normal. It's so been, it's, I better go to my business. It's been like three days and I, and I still don't know that I have been ousted from my casino. And the thing is, like, I... I understand that her casino is weird in that she has hired no one. Yeah. But I do think it's normal for the CEO of a company to not physically go to the company for three days. I uh, Yeah. I mean, once again, we know that what Pickens did was he mesmerized the board so yeah. that they would. Because his powers are getting stronger. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, Cheryl pulls Betty aside to let her know what nonsense she has been up to. And I'm so disappointed they did not grant us that scene. Nope. It's that she's like, hey, I got to show you something. I am going to tell you something. I like she's like, I need to show you something. And Betty's like, absolutely no, not. Okay, fine. I'll tell you something. But we don't see, like, it doesn't matter that she was going to tell her because we don't see either one of it. Exactly. Which is fine. We know what she's going to tell her. But anyway, they're going to head off and do that. Well, Jughead and Tabitha go to the bunker. And Jughead... Again, Tabitha and Jughead have, like, a very strong relationship. Yeah. Because he just tells her all the weirdness that happened in the bunker. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I mean, at this point, everything's sort of out there. Now, I hate this magic way that they do things. Because which is they read it all in books. Well, that as well. He's done more research. But also, so he's not a mind reader, or he is a mind reader, but also... He can just make portals. And he actually, when he reads minds, he's creating tiny portals in people's brains. In people's brains. But that doesn't make sense. It's not the same thing. Because he used to just hear their thoughts. Yeah, he didn't actively do it. He's creating, so you know, he's creating tiny portals that he puts his ear, he's creating tiny portals in his ear into their brain. I'm actually fine with that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Did you look up parapsychology to see if this is a real theory? I did not. Well, I mean, I know what parapsychology is. It's just paranormal psychology. Oh, so there is no real theory that mind reading is tiny portals. Well, there's, I mean, the thing is that, like, there's theories on mind reading. So there's a theory on maybe mind reading as portals, I'm sure, out there somewhere. Anyway. It's it's pseudoscience just as mind reading is. Yeah. I feel like we don't care that much about it. I do care about the fact that Tabitha did also tell Jughead that she was an angel. She well, didn't just tell Tony and well, things. She told Jughead too. Well, yeah, yeah. And like as he explains, he was like, like, because the way that he actually says this is that it's like, oh yeah, it turns out I wasn't a mind reader. I'm a portal opener. Just like you aren't a time traveler. You're an angel. And I'm like, no, that's not a thing you're allowed to say to a person. <laughs> she could be both. Well, <laughs> Also, a guardian, like, also, she, she's physically being, an angel? Apparently, she's, she is an angel, She, which adds a whole lot of other things which we'll bring up. So what Jughead was saying that I guess after his, his mind got jacked open by Percival, Percival. Which is now fixed because he died. Yeah. He unconsciously were, was opening portals to Rivervale, which is another dimension. Though he, mm-hmm. like, He's like... 
oh, I didn't want to use the word other dimension. I'm like, at this point, you called her an angel. Yeah, it's, we're, we're too, use the, we're use too the terms. far for you to be like, oh, it seems so silly to call it another dimension. So he, now that he knows he's opened up these portals to other dimensions, yeah. thinks that there is a connection between the explosion, their powers, and Percival. Yeah, and he wants to explore it a bit more. Yeah, and he thinks that maybe the answer is, in fact, in... The other dimension. Oh, I want to point out, they set something up here that I thought was going to become a thing, but it actually wasn't. It was just Percival doing more nonsense. Mm. I forgot Percival first showed up buying Archie's house. Oh, that's right. I thought maybe he was doing it because when the when the explosion happened, he was like, "I this is the place of the explosion. I need to figure it out. This is where like the rift is or something like yeah. that. But no, no, he was just causing chaos. No, the explosion does honestly unclear things. It yep. is important, but it just sort of does nonsense. I will say, too, I like Tabitha and Jughead going dimension hopping. Yeah. I feel like the storyline does a couple of cool things. It had way more potential. But is it jam-packed in this episode that's full of filler? <laughs> well, also, like, Jughead... When he first opens the portal to the other dimension, it's the first time we've seen someone who looks like they're experimenting with their powers. Mm. He's standing there and he's being like, it's like opening a door. It's like opening a door. Like he is honestly trying and practicing and it's a surprise that it works. And that is a cool scene if the fact that he didn't suddenly have portal powers be weird. That's the thing. Like, give me an entire episode of this and give me this episode like seven episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. They're going to go off and do that, but, but Percival has to do his own thing, I guess. So Percival has no ideas for chaos right now, so he's going to make up his own idea for chaos. Yeah, he wants to do like a Barbara Walter-style document his history thing, at which, and then he says at some point we'll, we'll premiere it. It is wild that he is making the key supervillain error. Of consciously it's it's mostly weird because they honestly treat riverdale as if it's the only town in the world like mm -hmm. the thing about when i watch when you watch like stranger things is the big wild things happen in hawkins but usually they're covered up by the government or they're like not many people see them mm -hmm. but in this show there's like uh, I don't know, the river runs red with blood, though, once again, they say, like, uh, Ross or something like that. They cause an eclipse to happen. He wants to just, just premiere an execution of three people, and, like, it's a, it's a small town in America. It's not, it's not a libertarian paradise in the sea, like... Yeah, he is a part of a greater whole. New York can just walk to you. <laughs> I mean... I mean, it doesn't exist. I was gonna be like, there is South Side is right there. I mean, that's part of it. But 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 we do know they are close enough that New Yorkers can come that can commute from Riverdale. You can commute from Riverdale to New York. Yeah, but they're they constantly in this season. We always make the joke like, is Riverdale big? Is Riverdale small? In this season, the question is, how close is Riverdale to the rest of society? So he's gonna do the interview, which Alice, who at this point is not mind controlled is very into, until he mentions the execution. She doesn't like that. Actually, here's something I will mention that I think um, that I think actually was really interesting about this scene. It shows how I think he does general mind control, how he, how he sets triggers in people's brains. Because mm. he doesn't tell her, he doesn't say to her, hey, 
we are going to do this interview and you are going to interview and ask me questions. Mm-hmm. Instead, he like changes her morals. Right. Because he, he he's still doing his mind control. We know he is because we hear the sound of it. Yeah. But he is being like, isn't this like you'll get, think of the ratings, think of the exclusive that you'll get here. So, so he's changing who she is as a person. Yes. And I think that is how he was, he's able to control Frank and he's able to control Tom. Tom is by doing this general form of mind control, which I think is why he has to do it kind of, kind of do upkeep things. So why then do you think Kevin, uh, I can probably answer my own question. Why do you think Kevin was able to break free? And I'll tell you why. It's because Percival thinks that Kevin is weak. He didn't. And so hasn't bothered to do a lot of he, upkeep yeah, on him. Yeah, he doesn't do a lot of upkeep on him. He's done, he definitely had to do it a few times. But I think that's the difference between if he just asks someone, hey, kill yourself, or if he's like, hey, here's a, my general weird sliminess. I think I would have liked to have seen this a lot earlier. Oh, absolutely. Because I would have realized like how insidious and how powerful he really is with his powers. Yeah. It, and <laughs> and I, it, it's, I will say, uh, maybe this is me in putting stuff on the show that isn't there, but that's what I got out of this, was yeah. this idea that this shows how he can keep Alice and Frank and Tom sort of just constantly doing things he wants is because he adjusted their morals. And that's why he can only keep so many of them, too. Yes, because, because this type of work, like, requires a lot of paying attention to what I, they're well, doing. Well, I, I have to imagine, because if he can only control a certain amount of people at a time, when he gives them a direct order, like, hey, I don't know, do a backflip. Yeah. They do a backflip, they're done, he's no longer controlling them. Once he starts adjusting morals, then... He's probably always doing something a little bit. Well, because until their morals return back to where they were... He is changing them and he's holding on to them. I think I'm giving a lot of stuff that maybe Riverdale should have put into like their thought Seated process. Into things. Yeah, because I'm going to be absolutely real. I do think I'm saying nonsense here, but if the right, but hey, you know what? There's some. There's a part of writing where you can just if somebody says something, you can be like, "That is true. That is true." And you know what, Riverdale, you can have that for free. That's yeah. a that's a good one. <laughs> And you did imply it, so great for you. Yeah. So uh, that's what Percival wants to do. As Aaron said, he wants to uh, execute uh, his three people his alive three on TV. His political dissonance. Yep. Dissonance. Which I don't think they are. It, 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 actually, I actually it was literally just a man who was trying to leave town with his dad and his friend. Like, Kevin, I guess the closest, but... I don't know. I don't know what he gets out of this other than just general evil stuff. Like, Reggie didn't even turn on him. He was just leaving town <laughs> with his dad uh, and guess, his friend. I guess he betrayed him. His, he failed his test. Hey, uh, moving on. Yeah. I have to reveal something. Something mm-hmm. deeply embarrassing. Yeah. I didn't notice the guillotines last episode. I don't think they were there last episode. I, I you know what? T- time has no meaning. I saw a sex Archie tweet where they're talking about Veronica's, like, passed with guillotines and I, it was very funny in a way that i didn't look into and i cannot remember if that tweet came out before or after this episode dropped i don't think this episode's been out for a while for us because of because of our release schedule um but no veronica arrives and there's just three full-on guillotines on the stage they're kind of even there because they weren't planning. I guess they're planning on executing Kevin, but they wanted to take out his. I don't know. Anyway, so she learns that she is no longer in charge because Tom Keller and Frank are and wildly unlikable. And I, well, I mean, I know it's a small thing, but her just being like, "This scheme reeks of Reggie." Like what? No, really? Veronica, the scheme reeks of the mind control <laughs> demon you know lives in Percival. your town. Why? 
why in this situation were you like, ugh, Reggie clearly was the one who kicked me out and set up those guillotines. Yeah, Veronica, Reggie has Tom Keller and Frank under his control. Yeah. Not the known mind controller. Yeah, you know that even then he works for Percival. Like, it's still Percival's. That's the problem with these heroes. When people do bad things under Percival's control, it is a moral failing on those people. And the, the show, like... I don't think the show is treating it this way, but it is worth mentioning that the people who never break out of the mind control, it is treated like they just don't love their loved ones enough. Mm -hmm. It is their fault that they are mind controlled because they aren't strong enough to get over it. Even though no one has told them about the mind control, Archie tried to trick Frank into having a tether. Yeah. (laughs) That's not how it works, Archie. I mean, I guess. We don't know. Maybe that is how it works. Maybe you can trick people people into having a tether would they make tom keller and frank into like moral failing bad guys i mean alice absolutely she's pure garbage they're not thinking about that it that it implies a moral failing they just like well we need him to have these people so let's make the grown-ups do it yeah uh so uh betty has gone with cheryl to thornhill yeah and she arrives to the not dead dead people and she sees Polly, and Polly glows with a good aura. And a gold Betty, aura. Yep. And Betty passes the F out. Maybe because she's never seen a gold aura before. I think, yeah, that might be it. I I don't know what that means. And it will not be explained. And they will, like... Maybe, Use it again. And they'll try to, like, subtly explain it. And I still don't understand what it means. I have one idea, but it's <laughs> wild. Um, I'm just going to say, show... I hate that you made Betty pass out because she saw her dead sister. (laughs) She has seen so many worse. Like, she literally just saw people come back to life. Yeah, but I guess, I don't know. And Cheryl told her what she did. (laughs) We are led to believe. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. know. Betty's not a fainter. Get it together, show. So uh, Jughead and Tabitha open up the door, as I said, and they show up in the River Vale universe. And in... Okay, I just have to say, I use, like, um, initials in my notes to I did J1, J2, and J3, in case you're curious. Oh, well, Jughead <laughs> is JJ. Yeah. Rivervale Jughead is RVJJ. And, and I forgot the, there was another one. Yeah, so... It, the, the, He's so it's, RVJJ2. Yeah, so it would be Jughead, Bunker Jughead, and Rivervale Jughead. Yeah. Now... Anyway. Bunker Jughead, or J2, as I call them, yep. or... RVJJ. <laughs> man, you really picked the weirdest version of it. Uh, so, so he sort of explains what's happening in Rivervale. I don't like they use him to explain. A lot of times he's just saying things that happen in Rivervale kind of like as a, like, huh, get it? Isn't it silly? And I'm like, yeah, it is. But honestly, but it's, also, it's, n- it's the core conceit of this season, I guess. And also it's not sillier. Like It has magic. But it's not sillier than anything that happened in Riverdale. And it was all very believable. Yeah. So he is, he's very upset that Jughead and Tabitha are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also even more upset that Jughead was stealing his stories and writing them down. I th- Yeah. So we kind of get an explanation of what's going on. Now, he ex- he kind of summarizes the first five episodes of the season uh-huh. In a way that I didn't really understand what was happening. But it's like, okay, the universes were combining, and then the explosion separated them. Which is weird to me, because I thought the explosion is what caused them to separate in the first place. I thought that they were... Yeah, so the explosion caused them to bleed, 
but they were always kind of connected because Rivervale used to power itself off of Riverdale. Well, but it seems like that only happened after the explosion happened. And then the explosion happened again. But they used the explosion because I thought the entire thing about Rivervale was it was a time loop. They made a second explosion. They did. Which So the first the explosion cause... connected them and then the second explosion disconnected them. I, and apparently it's not a time loop. It's just a universe that's powered by Jughead writing stories. Yeah, but I because I thought that was the entire thing about the why he was writing the stories that already happened in Rivervale was because he was time looping. Because remember, Archie dies in the first episode. Then he's just alive again in the fifth episode. But he, like, remembers the death or something. So he's killing everyone. But it turns out that Jughead has actually just been writing a ton of different stories, not just these five. But, like, there's there was all there was already a second Jughead because the second Jughead was died. Was the narrator. In River- yeah, he was the narrator. And then this Jughead became the narrator. Yes, but so also- the narrator is the Jughead who's living in the above world. Yes, well, he... But there and, also was one we, that died. we thought that they were, no, so Narrator Jughead did die but came back to life because in that story of Rivervale, no one stayed dead. Right. That's why Archie was trying to kill people so his dad would come back on his wedding day. Right. See? <laughs> Do you, you want, it's very simple. It's very simple to explain. And it, I'm going to explain, I, I, the only thing we can do, the only thing we can do is explain it the way that Jughead, the Bunker Jughead, Jughead 2, Jughead VVR uh, Exodus <laughs> has explained it. And the way he explains it is the worlds were combining and then an explosion separated the two. But while it was happening, Rivervale was feeding off Riverdale. Uh-huh. But without Riverdale, instead, Jug- Bunker Jughead has to write stories and become a living battery of imagination. And I thought, based on that, that Bunker Jughead was going to try to make Riverdale Jughead take over his part, his role. No, he seems pretty comfortable where he is. Well, when Jughead's like, that sucks. And he's like, yeah, it does. And I was like, Jughead, don't say that. You're going to become locked in someone's bunker. Nah, that didn't happen. No, nah, he doesn't care. Uh, so, but what he was is that he had gone to Jughead, to Riverdale to steal the stories because he was just like, I'm running out of stories. Yeah, and then he was like... Oh, oh, you just oh, wrote my stories. Yeah, he, I love that. I love that he's upset. He's not upset that he's also he's upset because like I thought you would give I thought you would give me new stories. Man, but- can you imagine if the two jugheads just hung out for like a couple hours and Riverdale Jughead just told Bunker Jughead all the stories about Riverdale? Well, that, but, that, but, that but the, dimension could feed for days. But the problem that they were having originally was that the stories from Riverdale were happening in Rivervale, but they were happening darker. Yes. So he needed to write different stories so, like La Llorona and... Yeah. Okay. Okay, so but there... so what he should do, though, is just write a bunch of, like, fluffy fan fiction about people having sex and kids and... Changing, like, I don't know. I don't know. So they're like, hey, is Percival here? And he's like, I don't don't know. So they want to go up, but he's like, no, you can't because there's, like, another one of you guys there. Also, it's really quiet and calm and chill up there, I assume. I don't leave the bunker. I have no idea. Uh, He does explain. They do set up, like, they think there's the idea that River Vale is bleeding to Riverdale, and that makes magic happen, Mm -hmm. which is what we said earlier. And that is proven to be somewhat true. But also, they have in Riverdale mm-hmm. just completely rewritten some elements of history. And I think they 
We'll we'll get to that when that comes up. Like I I can't anyway. It doesn't make sense. He's like, don't leave the bunker. Like no, nah, we're leaving the bunker. Cataclysmic, and they're like, we're leaving it. Damn that cataclysma. Yeah. It, by the way, it's not cataclysmic in the sense of like time cop, where if you touch yourself, you'll explode. He's just worried that if they see two of them, people will be weirded really weirded out, and it'll like ruin things. And I don't think he's worried about um Jughead of this above because Jughead yeah. of the above is narrator Jughead. Yeah, I think he's worried about like the townies. Well, no, the Jughead above seems like he doesn't know anything that's going on. He's like, oh, I know, I totally like. Yeah, he, he agrees with the multiverses exist. He does not remember what has happened before in Rivervale. So. Bunker Jughead, I guess, wrote that knowledge out of I guess so. Life Jug anyway. All he has is that he did make a deal with a devil, but a different deal than the one we saw in Rivervale. Yep. Also, it should be clear, River- Bunker Jughead is not the god of this world. He does not control what everyone's doing. He's just writing stories, and sometimes I guess they happen, or they don't, and he just has to be creative. Yeah, impossible to say. Yeah. Anyway, hey, uh, let's hear about Percival. So Percival is doing his interview with Alice, and he's going to start his story in 1580. And at that point, I paused the show and walked away. Aaron, it's fine. 1580 was just, just when they arrived in America. That's when it happened. Do you mean what happened next? <laughs> so he said in 1580, the, Ru- the Ruby Pearl arrived in the Americas, New World is what he called it. And Percival was there with them. And Percival is too sexy. (laughs) He's a sexy old-timey man, and I hate it. Thank you. Now, okay, I'm going to say this right now. It's pretty obvious. He doesn't reveal it until a little bit later. This is obviously Rivervale. Mm -hmm. He says also that there's the ancestors there. There's Asher Andrews. Blessing Cooper. No, (laughs) no, 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 nope. Here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I think. Okay. In River Vale, they were always split. Just call her Smith. <laughs> Just call her Smith. We remember the history of the show. Just call her Blessing Smith. Yep. Yeah, no. I have I have a second idea. I have a second idea that maybe could explain this. The Coopers did always exist when Hal's grandfather split from the Blossoms. He, he took, took his a- wife he took his wife's name. Yes, go you feminist murderer, <laughs> sir. Which mean, which means that that Betty Cooper is actually the, the child of two timelines that, or two families that killed Abigail Blossom. <laughs> She's double guilty, I guess. I guess. So that is what we have to say. They'll. The annoying thing is that Cheryl will still call Betty cousin. So they obviously know that exists, but they do constantly have Coopers exist as far back as 158. Maybe just a different Cooper. Now they say it's <laughs> no. an ancestor. Yeah, yeah. So, but meanwhile, Percival's there with them, but he didn't care about killing the land. How dare he want to build a community? No, he just oh. wanted to roam the woods and do <laughs> magic. They're, they... When we finally learn, like, what his motivation is, his motivation is, I want to do magic. And he, he is, like, he is anti-work. He is anti-work Reddit he, personified. He's just a guy who's like, I just want to live in the forest and have vibes and do magic and sacrifice Britta. Specifically Britta. <laughs> he does try to sacrifice Britta. He really tries to sacrifice Britta's ancestor, who was also a teenager. <laughs> So, but he gets caught by Asher. Yep, Asher saw goody. I mean, <laughs> Asher Andrews saw witchcraft. 
And Asher was like, well, that's not bad. That's not good. I guess River Vale started with a council of four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love how <laughs> at least they remember that Veronica's ancestors weren't are here. not there. They're not from here. This is no, the they were, one no, they were, thing. No, they were they were oppressing the natives down in like Guatemala or something. Exactly. And then they would make their way up. It's yeah. fine. They were getting that good, good Mayan gold. Mm hmm. So they seeing him do witchcraft, they decide they're going to execute him, and they're going to do it by just leaving him to starve in the woods. Because... You know what? They should have executed him because they were pilgrims. They traveled to a new world, and he's not contributing. He's just taking all of their food in their houses. <laughs> yeah, and doing weird stuff in the forest. I mean, that's why Asher Andrews followed him. He's like, why is that guy? He's never doing anything. He's not helping. We're all going to starve if he... They're all going to starve if he doesn't help. But fortunately... Fortunately for a uh, good old ancient Percival, when he did his whole like summon like this witchcraft thing, he wanted to summon the devil and it kind of worked. The devil's like, hey, that guy's hot. He's yeah. a sexy old timey man. Yeah. So he arrived later to give him his freedom in exchange for his soul. Ooh. Ooh. All right, let's check on what Betty's doing. Betty wakes up in a bed in Thornhill and Polly's there and they hug a lot and then Betty apologizes for all the terrible things she Ugh. did not do. And Polly will never apologize for anything that she did while she was alive. Although Polly will tell Betty, you did literally nothing. Yeah. No. She should have said, you're not at fault. I was garbage. I've learned. Yeah, no, like Polly, we are getting constantly all this stuff of people just being like, Betty, Betty, you're not bad. Betty, you're not bad. Betty, Betty, Betty. The thing is, though. I don't feel like people ever say to Betty, I don't think people have ever said, Betty, you're not bad. I think Betty says, I'm bad. They say, well, that's dumb. <laughs> Whereas Polly is like, okay, explain this to no, me. No, Archie's done it. Jughead's done it. I, admittedly, Veronica said, I'm worse, which. Didn't Archie also say, like, who hasn't killed someone in Riverdale? Nope. nope. Archie was like, you are not a bad person. Because Archie, Archie was the one who brought up um, you feel bad about doing bad things. That makes you a good person. Mm -hmm. A bad person would not care if they did bad things. What Polly will do, though, in this storyline, which I do like, is force Betty to try to explain. Yeah, which is great because Betty will... Be Man, Betty, 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 Betty will try her best to just, like, keep being like, no, I am bad. Well, explain to me why you're bad because nonsense. Because I killed the cat and Polly's like, you were eight, and the cat was dying, <laughs> mm -hmm. and our serial killer father forced you to do that. So please try again. Thank you. Yeah, and then she's like, um, I, I kissed, kissed Archie. Archie in high school. <laughs> Polly's essentially I, like, that's dumb. I, I do. Polly gives that a little bit too much. Like, like be like, well, it's fine. Like, it's like, that's not you. That makes make you a bad thing. You're not a bad person for falling out of love with Jughead either. When the answer should just be like, well, that's a th not a th that's not a thing anyone cares about. Also, Betty, Archie kissed you too. <laughs> Is he also damned to hell? <laughs> so the reason that they have this discussion about how Betty's not bad is yeah. because it turns out Betty is upset that she's the whore of Babylon and can't get into heaven. Yeah. So because like she she had a dream thing where she looks in the mirror and she sees like visions of herself dressed old timey with blood on her face and it's. Uh, this is skipping ahead a little bit. But yeah, I think over it's now. fine. Um, she's got blood all over her face, and she sees TBK. So it's like she's seeing herself as the harlot of Babylon. Um, I want to point out 
we'd say talk a lot about how like oh these characters need therapy or these characters need therapy it's a fun thing to say because yeah. usually a lot of storylines can just sort of be helped if somebody just gets therapy um betty is suffering from so much low self-esteem that she legitimately needs therapy like yeah. the the fact that somebody can be like hey betty you are a good person you do good things and she's like yeah but then one person is like Maybe you're the harlot of Babylon. And she's like, oh my God. Like, like she she accept she is so it's not gullible's not the word. She's so she's susceptible, so susceptible yes. to like people saying bad things about her, but she cannot understand when people say good things about her. And that is legitimately like low self-esteem. And the reason she is the way she is. I also I just want to mention quickly, yes. I also am very upset at Sabrina for reinforcing this whole harlot of Babylon thing. Mm-hmm. Come on, Sabrina. Sabrina, I'm not going to watch your TV show. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Keep going. Um, the other thing I was going to say is the reason Betty is the way she is is not Riverdale because of her serial killer father. It is because of Alice. Yeah, Alice has. Alice has inflicted so much trauma onto Betty that she cannot function as a human adult. Yeah. She's not even like this because of TBK, although that doesn't help. Yeah. She is like this because Alice was her mother. And unfortunately, Holly who should have been the Polly we see in this episode, yeah. but very bad things also happened to Polly. Yeah. Polly also inflicted so much trauma upon Betty. Bet- Betty has had her ego destroyed. Like she, like the, the fact that, Be- that Polly can sit there and explain and like explain in great detail. I have Betty actually bring up like, Oh, I did this. And Polly being like, well, that doesn't like you are, you already went back in time in your mind and stopped you from yeah. doing the cat thing. Like, but one person can offhandedly be like, hey, like she, she says, like, oh, people have always said that I'm evil. I'm- and then they show three <laughs> flashes. One, mind-controlled, terrible Alice. Yeah. Well, well I mean, what, maybe, I, maybe not what I said was two evil people and a drunk person told her that she was a bad person. And she <laughs> takes that as gospel. Yeah. Archie has repeated, like, and it's not her fault for not It's not her things. fault. It's that she has low self-esteem. And then she apparently in her research about the harlot of Babylon, she also read about Cain, who was forever marked by sin. And I am marked. And what am I marked by, Aaron? Well, she's been marked since her birth by the MAOA gene. Two things right off the bat. One, Cain was unmarked. From birth, the entire story of Cain and Abel is that Cain killed his brother. Cain did a bad thing and and got the mark. Then was marked. So that comparison doesn't work, Betty. And two, stop with the MAOA. Betty needs therapy and to talk to a geneticist. And not a coroner. (laughs) We keep going back to this thing. And all I can think is like, if you want her to be worried that she's evil, make her do evil. Shooting TBK. Not evil. It could have counted because she did shoot him instead of take him in, but it wasn't set up that way. Her th- maybe potentially killing the guy who bit off his tongue before, like, maybe she was going to kill him. But we we have no way of knowing what she would have done, and neither does she. Her dismembering a dead body uh, is not look, evil. I see people daily who do that on the daily. Yeah, they're <laughs> not evil. They're not evil. So, like, it's infuriating. We keep on going back to this MAOA gene thing. And she now she has now she has taken that misunderstanding and has ascribed it into a biblical sense. You know, I truly wish if they wanted to make it genetic, I wish they had made something up. I wish they had made something up as well. If they like 
if they had just made up something, I would be a lot more like, well, I mean, that's weird, but you did make it up, so I'm willing to accept this it. This is a fictional universe. Not constantly using a real life thing that real life people have that has been pr- that all of the all of the experiments that have proven that mm-hmm. are not like the, most of them have been discredited. Like it's not substantial enough to be like this is a hundred percent the thing. She needs a geneticist. <laughs> I will say when she brings it up, Polly's like, she says, oh, I thought that would come up. And her implication is, well, that's dumb. Well, and then she does a weird thing later. Okay. Anyway, so, we got to go back to the other storylines. Yeah, go go I, I got to say, I liked this Betty and Polly nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's too late for it. You it's, should not have done six seasons of Evil Betty and now do this. And also one season of really jerk Polly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's way too late. We should have done this in season three, but yeah. So, uh, so what was going on? Veronica is checking around, trying to find Reggie and her cameras. Yeah, she's I, like, oh, as if as if I wouldn't have access to the cameras at home. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why she's doing this, but thank thankfully she is because she sees Reggie and his dad and Kevin, and they're locked in the vault. Turns out his dad's name is Marty, mm-hmm. but he will still be Daddy Mantle to me. Yep. So um, Marty has a heart attack. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. And then in comes uh, Tom, and in comes Frank, and they're like, "Why is he having a heart attack? Some of them having a heart attack." I will say, I'm here. I'm truly shocked they came in. I did not think. I I presume because they want them to execute on stage, like they don't want him to die beforehand. They want to do uh, it as a spectacle. Okay. Nope, that doesn't work because of what happens later. But so, uh, Reggie, remember that knife he had that I thought was going to be like special? His magic knife? Nope, just a knife. Just he, a knife. He takes Tom hostage. I do like that he like checks with Kevin, like, because like 50 50 Frank or Tom checks yep. on him. Kevin, I imagine this conversation happening. Yeah. Kevin, if it's Tom, can I take him hostage? Kevin's like, yeah. So this little thing where he like nods at Kevin, like I know maybe it's just for him being like, all right, time to do it. But like this kind of like checking, like, hey, it's Tom. So like, do and, I like, do it? The guy who plays Reggie is so good. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So he grabs Tom, but unfortunately, this hypnotism is so strong, runs so deep that Frank is just like, well, then I'll shoot Tom. Are Are you gonna? Bl- Play and, that. And this made me think of something. Oh, we have this whole big thing where like, oh my God, they have Reggie and his dad and Kevin hostage. I'm like, he's always had hostages. And it's weird what's never been treated as that. Kev Frank, Tom, and Alice are his hostages. But our heroes don't recognize that. Yeah, they've always been his hostage. And it's wild to me that they've not treated it in such a way. But it's so obviously that. <laughs> I do think this must have been so fun for the actor who plays Frank and the actor who plays Tom to do like yeah. this they must just be having a ball it's dumb and I hate it but they must be having so much fun I hope so so there so he does this and he's like I'll shoot Tom and Tom's like yeah he'll shoot me and Kevin's like no he oh, no, won't don't, no wait no uh so then Reggie's like well I don't want you killing his dad I don't want your mind controlled gun to- friend and then he loses the knife and I'm just like was the knife magical or important well, or anything? And like, part of me still kind of hoped, like, okay, but it's still a magic knife. Well, maybe it's like, I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a Chekhov's gun thing. Like, oh, now the knife is in this person's possession. So, but like. Uh, so far, no. I just feel like if there's something like that, they do like a close up on the knife to show we can see where it's going. Yeah. Instead, it's just like he's holding it beneath the frame. So it's just a knife. But then the 
the burn to cause the face crack of the century happens. Yeah. Kevin's like, Dad, please don't be mind controlled. <laughs> and his dad's like, what, Kevin? If we execute you on the stage, you'll be more famous than you could ever be on your own. <laughs> and then out he walks. I know that's a big, that was a big burn. All I could think is like, so you are going to do this like elsewhere. Like you're just going to, just going to put an execution up. No, appar- apparently he'll be more famous in Riverdale than you'd ever get to with his singing. Local, can you imagine hearing <laughs> local news from a small town? They executed three people on. For being political dissonance. Like at that, I feel like at that point, just like the, just, I don't know, the FBI just shows up and goes, "What? You can't execute citizens." Okay, <laughs> hold on, um, Kevin. The FBI is there. I, Betty's there. No, they, aren't, aren't the rest? Did the rest of them leave no, when Betty right, didn't you're sleep right, with? You're, you're right. Like the stuff he's doing is so far outside of just like <laughs> you're right. They. Once again, they've ran themselves into a corner and they decided just to ignore the corner. <laughs> corner doesn't exist. The FBI should definitely, Betty should just tell the FBI. By the way, do you know he's keeping hostages? Like, yeah, it might escalate into some sort of standoff, but hey. <laughs> it's fine. All right, so we head off to Rivervale where Tab and Jug have gone to, uh, which is confusing me for a second, Britta. Because remember in Rivervale. It's a school. Yes. So Britta is there. We want to see no other kids. And Britta is too excited to see Jughead. Well, she's a fan of his comic books because that's what he does. I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. Now, which is weird because I thought because comics was a thing he started doing in Riverdale when he was deaf. When he was deaf, but in yep. this, but in Rivervale where he didn't go deaf and just made a deal with the devil. He just decided to start doing comic books, which is fine. Like, you can just start doing comic books, but... But it's inconsistent <laughs> at best. Thank yeah. you, show. So, Britta's like, oh, no, the archive isn't here. It was transferred to Highsmith College. Is that a reference? No. Uh, we, <laughs> they're like, oh, can we talk to Nana Rose? Okay. So, so okay. okay. So, when they were in the bunk with Jughead, they did say, I presume that Nana Rose and Cheryl still live in Thorncliffe. And did oh, you, oh, you say should, he did? He he completely explained to them that Nana Rose went, is in Cheryl's is in body, Cheryl's body which Cheryl, is Abigail's body. Yes, yes, okay. he did say that. Britta also just like I guess doesn't care about keeping it a secret anymore. So she's like, yeah, no, yeah, totally. Uh, this is Nana Rose. She's Cheryl. However, okay, so apparently. She's, how, how do we explain this, Aaron? How do we broach okay. the situation? So you remember in season one when Nana Rose was consistently being poisoned by Penelope and maybe also Clifford? Yeah. And that made her appear crazy? Yes. And we we do know. Well, she's not crazy. She's a liar. Yeah. I, I, I guess like. I guess she has dementia. Yeah. Like, and this one, like the dementia here is very severe enough that, uh. It overtook Abigail's young body. I'm going to say, none of this matters. None of this matters, the dimension of that thing. It doesn't make sense. Why would transferring magically her mind bring damaged nerves and cataracts into the other body? Yeah, only one of her eyes works. Why? No, why would that that happen? Because if that logically then, Cheryl should have made... 
uh, Nana Rose's body healthy and young. Because if that's how magic works, that you also transfer the yeah, ailment. Then Nana Rose shouldn't have died. Do you not know how dementia works? It's not a magical thing inside someone's brain. It is a breakdown of the nerve cells. How did that get transferred? Also, I'm just going to say, from what we have learned from this show over the past six seasons. Yeah. Nana Rose does not have dementia. <laughs> they she for- has crazy evil liar disease. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess maybe it came on real fast. I will say there is a cool thing here where uh, Jughead goes into her head and this like visual representation of a mind suffering from dementia is really cool. Like everything's really covered cool. everything's covered in dust. It's kind of ruin it's kind of like coming apart because dementia I mean dementia's a pretty general term. Mm-hmm. It's for like a lot of things. But basically it's a breakdown of like the nerve yeah. cells. So it's interesting to see what would that look like to someone who can look into a mind. I always want to clarify, this whole side quest is pointless. We could have not said this. Yeah, we, we could have skipped all of this and saved more time for better things. But I needed to talk about the fact that they that they decide to have dementia be transferred through a body transfer. Because they're just like, oh, well, we can't get questions from her anyway. It's like this entire thing was set up to curtail people being like, well, why don't they just go to uh, Thornhill. I'm like, if you didn't bring it up as a concern, we wouldn't. I don't think we even thought of show, that. Show, no one knows about the Blossom archives. They're not a thing <laughs> in your TV show. Yeah, no one thinks of the Blossom archives. And why would they want to go talk to Nana Rose and Cheryl? They don't know in this world she's an ancient witch. I mean, they barely know that Cheryl's a witch in their world, and they think that's just because of the explosion. <laughs> Also, in this world, Nana Rose isn't a blossom. She was some girl that she, like, adopted to grow old and eventually switch bodies with. So, um, he leaves the brain because there's nothing to be found there. And then Britta comes on in and is like, I'm so sorry. Please autograph my comic books. Because as we said, up on above, he, where they walk, where they run, where they spend all day in the sun. So Jughead 3 uh, wrote superhero comic books. Um, I guess so. And the powers in the comic books, they're like, oh, they correspond to ours in Riverdale. And I want to say kind of. No, kind of. Okay, I want to know how they know that because all they did was look at the cover. <laughs> well, I mean, they're quite – I mean, Archie probably. Okay, But yeah. I mean, Tabitha's holding a clock. <laughs> Jughead's got like a mind, like a brain on his thing. Uh, maybe the cookies flip through it. Uh, but I want to say – so we're doing superpowers, but here's the thing. Also, they're witches. Yeah, because Cheryl's not just a, py- a pyrokinetic. She's the phoenix who can resurrect people. Jugga can open portals, uh-huh. and Tabitha is an angel. So, so that doesn't explain everything. Look, sometimes when magic crosses <laughs> an interdimensional rift, it gets a little twisted. But they do have an arch nemesis, Percy the Perverse. That's dumb. Ooh, ooh. This is dumb. This is all dumb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll go through some of these things. Uh, we learn from Jason because he does talk now. He talked in Rivervale as well. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's happy because he doesn't have to fight in the... God, I'm so upset that Percival just brought this up as a like side thing. He says, I'm so happy I don't have to fight in that war anymore. You know, the war that's coming to this town that I live in right now. Okay. <laughs> I will say my brain spiraled wildly and I was like, oh... Oh, it's not Jason Blossom at all. This is Abigail's brother. No. And I was like, no, wait, no. Calm down, Aaron. No, no, no. Because Um, Cheryl immediately goes to Archie's house and is like, well, you know what's going on? Well, it turns out Augustus Pickens. 
who I need to remember to have is the descendant of Percival Pickens. How? Who? Percival, who who per- is that loafer having children with? <laughs> he all he had to do was have children with one person who was willing to take his name, and then you got yourself an Augustus, I guess. Um, no, well, no, well, no, no, but that's River Vale Augustus. Is this River Dale? No, no, oh, maybe this Richard, is River Dale Augustus. Maybe Percival was like, hey, we have the same last name. Hey, uh, in another world, I'm your, uh, answer, but I guess in this world, I, th- I think in another world, he's the only Pickens. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like how in the River Vale, Cheryl's the last blossom and there's no other blossoms. Yes. Because Abigail is the only one. Abigail is the only one. Uh, so... <laughs> Huh. So okay. apparently, um, the, the this ancestor is going around the afterlife, getting a whole bunch of strapping young men to sign up for a war against the living in Riverdale. Okay, forcing them to, because Jason did not want to fight, but he was going to have to fight. <laughs> but how? I don't why? Know. No, the other people in the afterlife didn't even want to leave. What? Why would these? Is he going to the hell version of the afterlife? But no, we know that Jason was in the suite hereafter. We that, saw him there. Yeah. So wait. Did Augustus Pickens get to go to heaven <laughs> and Betty doesn't? Because she kissed Archie. Because <laughs> No, because she has the MAOA gene. Because she has a genetic m- m- mutation, she doesn't get to go to heaven. It is pretty clear that will not be an issue in heaven, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so... um. Yeah, so the, the ghost train, when you're wondering what the ghost train is about, and with all their weird nonsense of, like, it gives you control over the living and the dead. No, it's a train for ghosts. It's a train that the ghosts that Augustus Pickens recruited <laughs> will going, get on. Will take to come to River. It's a, it's a train for ghosts. That's what it is. It's a train that brings ghost places. And he's going to do it right before Bailey's Comet. Okay, he says in advance, which I'm like, there's a lot of time in advance of that, Bailey's That could Comet. be now. But as Archie was like, good, then I have enough time to blow up the tracks. Bring, bring, bring. Here's Wait, a- no, who's building the tracks? Yeah, no one. Archie the- was the only person building them. And he stopped when Percival, did Archie finish the tracks? <laughs> Did he build them so good by himself? Why didn't he just break them after Percival? They they had Percy in captivity for at least a short while. They could have broken them then. Yeah, so. Okay. But anyway, bring, bring, bring. Here's a phone call from Veronica. Oh, no. They have the prisoners. And Archie, if you blow up those tracks, he might execute them sooner But it was set up earlier that he was going to do his interview and then execute them at the end of the interview so like what's the idea is like well he might he's gonna execute in two hours if you pull up the tracks he might execute execute them in one hour and then they're not gonna do anything about it it's not like they're racing against time nope but hey we gotta get him out before blowing up the tracks so (sighs) so uh, um, we've already talked to the Betty and Polly yeah. stuff. But uh, Tabitha and Jughead 1 are trying to get hold of uh, Jughead 3. <laughs> and they're, they're going to do this by just like, Tabitha's going to put other Tabitha in a time loop and they're going to bring him out. Like, it doesn't really. I do want to say, though, this scene contains the best line of the entire season. Um, maybe the season. Yeah. Definitely the episode. And it's not big enough to be a CW moment. But Jughead goes, blah, 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 blah. Is he a wizard? And then he goes, is everyone in this dimension a wizard? <laughs> Most. And oh. Jughead, we all have that question. Well, also, from what I can tell, everyone in your dimension's a wizard, so. Okay, uh, so back to Percival's 
dumb storyline. Yep. So he took the devil's deal. And this is how I know Percival's an idiot. So he's like, I took the devil's deal, but I convinced him to also give me immortality too. Haha, <laughs> got one over on him. And I'm like, nope, for sure you didn't. Percival, sh- I know you're an illiterate. <laughs> illiterate uh, peasant because you didn't help constructing your town. But have you literally never read a book? <laughs> For sure. If the, well, not even read a book, just uh, the idea that someone who could grant you mortality and wants your soul wouldn't have a workaround for that. So Percival, uh, after this, he left Sweetwater Village, which would become Rivervale. And he wandered the world for 400 years just, to learn magic. Just learning magic. Just learning magic. And then he 400 learned- years brings you to 1980, by the way. But, you know, you round down, I guess. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't you do I, 450 I would have said 450 because this is like... Or or say four centuries. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, that's the first thing I thought of when I heard 400 years was I'm like, it's 1980. But whatever, it is, it's not a big thing. Because he learned enough magic that the time had come to return to Rivervale to do a murder on the people who put him in that pillory. He's so angry and he arrives at Rivervale, but as he does, there's an explosion and now he's in Riverdale. But he was at the edge of town. So, so why did he... Why was he the you, one you, who was sucked through? Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Here's I'll give this show. I am a big proponent of coincidence. Yeah. He was the one that was pulled through because it was most interesting for the story. I do think it's really weird that he was so far from the explosion yeah. when it happened. I almost wish he was like walking past their house in Rivervale or something like that. Instead, he was like walking into town. Or there's a thing somewhere how he was the only human who was different. Or he was in the middle of casting a spell that yeah. would destroy the town. And then he was like anything that instead he's just like walking into town with a briefcase and like, oh, I'm over here now. I guess Riverdale's close enough to Rivervale that I'll just destroy it. Yeah, there are people <laughs> who have the same last names as the people I didn't like in my dimension. But in your dimension, Abigail Blossom stopped hap- what the <laughs> what, what? What the the, the idea that he was like, I was going to destroy a town, and then I was sent to another dimension, and I was like, this town's close enough, I like, guess. And then he goes, well, they were all caught up in their petty squabbles and love lives, and I mean, okay. li- literally living life. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, this world was devoid of the supernatural. I was the most powerful one. But, but wait, 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 hold on. What about Heather and Sabrina? Were, are they also because of this? Explosion. I mean, we had never heard of Heather ever before this season. Okay, so I'm going to bring, I'll bring this up now. We do, later they'll be explaining the powers and we'll come up with some theories. Mm-hmm. It, it will not explain Sabrina and Heather and like any of the other, like. Any of the act- witchy stuff? Yeah. So, um, I, they do also say that, they also never say that didn't happen because of that. So I'm they, they do have a window open there. So maybe there'll be a reveal. And the reason why I think it might be a reveal is because maybe in the season finale, they're figured out and Heather has to leak. He's like, I don't belong here. I don't exist mm. here. So that sets up not end game for Heather and, and Cheryl. Because Cheryl. Cheryl has to constantly lose people, not due to her own 
issues. No, even not because she's bad, just because of the world wants to screw with her repeatedly, except for when it, except for when it rewards her. Uh, but maybe that's why. And they'll be like, Heather's mm-hmm. like, well, I have to leave because I don't belong in this world. Actually, that the the magic was also a manifestation River thing. Even though Riverdale. Heather has only ever been mentioned in Riverdale. Mm. Yes. Because Penelope did not appear in Riverdale. Yeah. Oh, hey, we've got Abigail still in a uh, in a doll. Oh, my God, we did. Yeah, she's still hanging around. Wait, what is her thing then? Is, was she Riverdale? So I want to point out two and six. No, because they mentioned her sweet Abigail before but the maybe, explosion happened. But maybe happened. she existed, but, but not magic. she wasn't magic. Okay. okay. No, because Cheryl did the curse, and she thought that's why the powers yeah, happened. But, yeah, but she was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Percival will say two insane things during this monologue. Yeah. He says a lot of insane things during this monologue. Mm-hmm. One, well, no one in Riverdale knew who he was, so he decided to murder those descendants. Sir, you're yeah. overinflating your worth. Yeah. I can guarantee you, no one in Riverdale knew who you were Either. because the show tells us that. Yeah. Yeah. They have no idea who you are. And then two, he was like, so I used my powers and I sidelined my enemies. But then they started developing powers of their own. Like, no, you did a bunch of, he's like, I did all this bunch of, I became a deputy. And then I, <laughs> I love how when he explains everything that he did, it just sounds like more nonsense. It's I true. entered town and became a deputy and then I joined the council and then I was up in the shop. But then they're gaining powers. I'm like, nope, no, they're getting powers first. Yes. It's, it's. Uh, I don't know if he's on purpose rewriting his history for this. Or if he genuinely believes that. <laughs> um, but then he's like, but I built my ghost train to battle for Riverdale's soul, a town I know nothing about, but is close enough in name to the town I do hate. And I do like that my enemies, my enemies, have powers, because that's the universe trying to make it eh, not an equal fight, <laughs> but kind of a fair fight. Which is when I was like, but what about Heather and Sabrina and the goddamn angel? What were those? <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Polly decides to wash Betty's feet to wash the all the MAOA off of hey, them Aaron, because that's what happened when Polly went to heaven. Aaron, I need you. I need to ask you a very serious question. Is Polly Jesus? No, Mary Magdalene washed Jesus's feet. I know, but Jesus washes disciples' feet. Like, I'm. It's. She could be Jesus. It also is, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of stuff here. She glowed gold, which is the only time we've ever seen that happen. She made Betty faint. I do like how she's like, and it's gone. The MAOA gene is gone. You don't have the gene anymore. And I want to be like, okay, I want to clarify something here. Um, the specific mutation on the MAOA gene that makes it do this is the low activity version of it, which means you do not, do not have enough which of the proteins. it was always the ge- gone. Yes. Like... <laughs> I know they're kind of just using shorthand. It doesn't mean it doesn't bug me. Here's the thing, Kevin. I know you hate the MAOA gene. Mm-hmm. And I'm not building this up to a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm building this up to a thing I think the show did well. <laughs> Which is that Polly just tricked Betty? Yes. I yeah. think Polly saw that there was no arguing it out of Betty and was like, well, I gotta use some magic. Well, I want to bring this right into what Betty does after this. Because I think it works along with what we've always said about Betty's power. Because yeah. Betty, after getting her foot washed by Polly Jesus, um, she goes to a mirror and now she has a gold aura. Which goes back to what we said that Paul that Betty's aura reading only allows you to see auras of things when people are going to do things she doesn't like. So now yep. that she has been <laughs> tricked into thinking that a 
a part of her DNA has been washed out of her. She's like, oh, cool. Now I'm an angel. <laughs> Speaking of angels, Tabitha tricks other Tabitha into being in a time yeah, loop. Puts and then her in a time loop, get out of the brings, way. Brings Earth Jughead mm. to our Jughead. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, cool. I love multiverses. I've been in multiverses. Uh, since before they're popular. That's what I mean by he does not remember. He does not remember being narrator yeah. Jughead. But um, what we do learn is that his comics are essentially in his comics are influencing Riverdale. Yes. And they ask him, where did Percival come from? He's like, oh, well, he was a recurrent reoccurring nightmare. That won't be picked up on. And that also doesn't make sense because Percival told us that he is a person who he does is exist. From the town. Yeah. He does he, he exists for that Jughead. Unless if that's a lie that he told or that's what that he believes, but he actually was created by Jughead. I don't know. Who knows? We don't. So they're like, well how do how do the uh, the teens defeat him? Like, oh they don't. They all die. Because this Jughead made a deal with the devil, but not the deal we saw. No, he made a slightly different one. He will be the most popular comic book guy I mean, I think just art pers- artist yeah. person. Maybe he did write books first, and then he got tired of writing them because of evil. I don't know, but he's he he'll be the most popular in the world. However, his stories have to be have dark endings. They have to darken the world, and I think the devil highly overestimates the how power mu- of comic books. How much that will do that? Like we've had a lot of dark comic, like dark stories. They even darkened the world. You think people would like? It's so funny because people, the only thing I can think of here is that, that, that the only way for this magic to work, this deal to work, mm. is you have to change how people react to stories. Because I cannot imagine people reading like this, this comic book he's writing, but like these teens with superpowers, and then they all die at the end and you being like, mm, yeah, that was a good, reassuring, that was a good story. Like, has, have these people never read have the writers of this show never read The Hunger Games? <laughs> like, I just feel like if like maybe it does darken the world because people are forced to accept those endings are good. But is that darkening the world or is that making you like more pragmatic and open minded and accepted, accepting of different things? Oh, who knows? And like aware of the world around you. Who knows? But the th- I guess the, he made a deal where he would be the most famous writer in the world, but all his endings have to be sad. So they ask, who did you make that deal with? And he says, Mr. Cypher. You know. And Tabitha <laughs> says, oh, I also heard about that off screen. Oh, you know, the an angel, when I was talking to him, he mentioned uh, Cypher was someone we needed to go talk to. So, uh, <laughs> so I was warned about him. So apparently he's in, the, he's in the Babylonium and he's in a chess tournament called the Ultimate Battle of Good and Evil, which is some wild publicity for a chess tournament. So he is playing chef, chess. You guessed it. With <laughs> Raphael. And he does, in fact, win. Yeah, so... And Jughead's ta- like, look, that's symbolic. That means nothing. Well, I mean, Tabitha's specifically worried because it is symbolic. She's like, good is losing metaphorically, repeatedly. And then she's like, what's symbolic and fictional here is becoming real in Riverdale? Now, like, I'm confused because that actually wasn't what was, like... When it's it was, not actually the problem. But when it was inverted, that wasn't what was happening. It wasn't like things that were fictional in Riverdale were becoming real in Rivervale. Things that were real in Riverdale were becoming darker in Rivervale. But then I guess the things that are fictional in Rivervale are becoming real. Like TBK telling Betty that she's the whore of Babylon and Cheryl. Being a witch. 
and but no, the, okay, they're fictional. They're not symbolic, but they're fictional. But then why isn't but Loma no? But they, Rona? Were, but they weren't fictional in Rivervale. The things that in Rivervale no, they, they no, were real. I, I don't think those things happened. I think we just saw Jughead stories. The only thing that actually happened was the the fifth one. So, but. But wait, no, the, no, that can't because Archie remembers. Life. He remembers remembers the first story. Like, does he? He does. That's why that he. That's why he killed people on his wedding day because he came back after the first story. So he's like, well, then if I kill enough people, my dad will come back. It. No, he was trying to kill the things that were different in Riverdale, Rivervale versus Riverdale. He was trying to kill everyone in Rivervale who had died in Riverdale. Maybe. No, he did. He was. He was? Yeah, he couldn't kill Jason, so he killed Cheryl. Okay. Huh? I still don't think that that has anything to do with the the thing beforehand where, like, those stories were fictional. I think they were fictional. I think we just saw the stories that Jughead was writing. I I don't know if that's textual. Because they didn't connect to each other, except for the fact that Veronica does have a working relationship with But Archie was dead throughout all of them. Like, and, and his... Even though we're like his death didn't, he was dead through all of them because in one of them we saw him on a milk crate. Yeah, like like that. Like they weren't referring to the other ones, but they were all canon. It's did they forget this? Yes. So, um, Cipher arrives after this, and they're and like, he is scared of Tabitha and Jughead. He's like, oh, you again? He's so weird. So he's supposed to be like Satan. Jughead reads his mind. I mean, it makes it makes him said he's upset with Tabitha. Remember, Tabitha made him drink holy water. Oh, yeah. And I guess is has a guardian angel. He might be like, Ugh, though he just beat the guardian angel in chess. So so Cipher's like, ah, yeah, no, I have lost track of him. He was not, he's not the first one to use the immortality thing, but he I've never seen someone go to another dimension before. I can't mess with him in that dimension, though, unfortunately. I'm in this dimension. Now, they're like, so, uh, well, how do, like, what do we do? We move the diner. So, so like, the so battle we, can but, still happen. And he says, the thing that we said, and my notes are just me screaming the letter A repeatedly, because <laughs> what he says is like, hey, uh, my dudes, the diner doesn't matter. Like, the land... The, the the place where the diner is matters. And we have said that so much. And it was so annoying when they, like, had the diner. Like, like we moved the diner. I'm like, does that matter? Who cares? Well, it turns out it does not matter. In fact, it made it, it just gave him what he wanted. <laughs> because. Because under the diner is a, is a hell, hell mouth. So. So historically. Churches have always been built over hellmouths to, but, like, keep the devil down there. But Pop Tate is essentially a church, let's be clear. <laughs> it is essentially a church. Uh, so when they moved it, they just uncorked it. So that's why he didn't keep, like, trying to do... That's why he doesn't care about the white worm. The white worm isn't enough of a, a place. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, a Pops is where he was left on a pillory to die. Yeah. So I guess that's why he cares about pillories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so hey, last thing's going on. We're gonna have to quickly. Uh, we're we're way over, but I mean, this is a wild episode. So Alice asks Percival what he wants this and what he so thinks important. his Riverdale will look like. Like we're like, oh, finally, we got to hear what is Riverdale? What is Percival's goal? His answer is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, you know, everybody aboard the the Ruby Pearl, they were all talking about. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna remind everyone the year this takes place in. 
Heaven Above the Pearl was talking about workers' rights and equal rights and wholesome family values. 1580. In 1580, they didn't even know what workers were. <laughs> in 15, I feel like they were talking about it in the way that when you like look back at like the Greeks and they're like, every citizen uh, was a voting member, but they only considered white men citizens, white land-owning men citizens. Yeah. So when they're like, equal rights for all of us guys here. For all of us guys, we will have equal rights. But Percival didn't want that. Percival just wanted to wander the land and learn magic. His, when like, what do you want? What do you want with Riverdale? Oh, I want, uh, I, society always corrupts. I want to have a town that I can rule over. I want a, di- a, a town, I want, I want a dark city. I want a land controlled by the dark arts. A wild, untamed land. land where I control everything. <laughs> That's my favorite line. <laughs> I want a land wild and untamed and under my control. So not wild and untamed. You, they, and then he laughs and goes, ha ha, I know that sounds evil, but that's what I want. I, his motivation is just like Hiram's I want crime town. Like It's so dumb. He should want... Well, he, he, back when he was like, I want revenge on the ancestors of my... Then absolutely. I thought what it was going to be is that he wants to get back to Rivervale. He wants to actually punish the actual town that hurts him. And that's why he cares about Jughead so much. Because he knows Jughead can make portals. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he wanted to find a way to like manipulate Jughead into getting him back to Rivervale. So he can kill Rivervale and maybe then also rule Riverdale. And look, show, I know that evil villains are evil villains and they want bad things, but you've made him want something that makes no sense. Well, it, it's not that it just makes no sense. It's boring. So he, boring. He, him just being vaguely like, well, I want to rule this town. And this is what I mean by like they're treating Riverdale like it's the world. Yeah. It's like, I want a kingdom, the, 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 the state of Percival Pickens. He could have even said like, Riverdale is a stepping stone. I want to use Riverdale to build my army to then. Yeah. But instead, he's just like, nah, it's the wild, untamed land where I control all of it. So he just wants control. It's also weird because they all had that talk earlier where he was a he's a manifestation of progress. Mm-hmm. But he's. He... Well, and when he was um he was saying he's like, oh, they care about workers rights and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh. That's why he does everything in the dumbest way possible. That's why he's exploiting workers to build his railway. Because <laughs> he specifically hates them for talking about it. But uh... these these highly progressive pilgrims. <laughs> how dare they? Why do they make they I love how they are so unable to make like bad people that they even made the founders of Riverdale in 1580 be these highly progressive, like super woke pilgrims. Like Kevin, Their council had three women on it. Their descendants in 300 years will be so afraid of a powerful woman living in a house by herself and having a school and also palladium, they will burn her at the stake. Well, she was legitimately a witch. She was a witch. <laughs> and they do hate witches. Oh, man, it's so confusing because she also had the Tony Topaz thing. Like, oh, God, it, I forgot about that. It feels like that. that is not a river. I mean, once again, the silk could be bleeding over from Rivervale. It has not been confirmed opposite, but we do have to think about that. Okay. Meanwhile, Tabitha and Jughead return to the bunker and the stupidest scene I have ever seen and a waste of Shannon Purser's talents <laughs> takes place. Yeah, Ethel is just generally upset 
They they play this like Ethel and Jughead are, are a couple. Like a, like, yeah, like a like an old married couple from a 1950s thing where Ethel's just like, ah, oh, you stupid person. Why? Oh, you dumb man! You screwed up the explosion because you just had to call your ex girlfriend. Yeah, okay, so they they clarify the reason why there is like the explosion didn't work mm-hmm. was because. Jughead called Betty, Betty to warn her. But that was before the explosion. Yeah, but then the explosion didn't happen cleanly. But it but so they so they That's had what to they die. Say. They had to Archie and Betty had to die. It does appear that they had to die. Because the thing is that the warning immediately gave Archie and Betty superpowers. Because remember, they actually they did not get out. They, the warning did not get them out of the explosion. Archie just shielded Betty. Here's what confused me about that. When he gave the warning, other Jughead had not written those stories yet, right? This was still yeah, in... other. So other Jughead gave the warning before he started writing the stories. Before Jughead 3 started writing the stories. Jughead 2 gave the warning. Jughead 2... No, Jughead 3 gave the warning before he started writing. Jughead... Jughead 2 is the Bunker Jughead. Bunker Jughead... Gave the warning. Gave the warning before, before he started writing. Before, yeah, but before River Vale Jughead made his comic books. Because the comic books is where Jug Archie got his oh, powers from. Oh, that's the one you're talking about writing. Yes. yes. So, so, so they got powers that that so that it turns Jug out had, their powers actually influenced Rivervale. Maybe that is Rivervale. Jughead does say that he came up with the powers because he were the ones that he thought aligned with their personalities of his friends. Yeah, but like they're really saying that is because he's writing these books that they got those powers. <sighs> Anyway, they feel like they learned a lot from this trip, which they didn't because Percival told most of it during his interview. Yeah, so they head back. We do get a quick some uh, some lip service about being like, hey, Cheryl, why can't you and Heather do a spell? And he's like, oh, there's trying to figure it out. Spells are hard. Yeah. Meanwhile, fortunately, fortunately, Jughead arrives. And he's got that portal power. Yeah, I'm so upset about this because I thought his his ability was like, I can portal between dimensions. No, he can just portal. He can portal anywhere, anywhere. in mines and dimensions. Yeah, so it's just he has portal powers. He just started his portal powers by learning he could portal into people's brains. I would have liked to see our non-superhero character, Kevin Keller, who is a main character on the show and should have gotten superpowers. Yeah. I would like seeing Kevin save them. Or, we Reg- don't. or Reggie pulls on the fact that he can do ventriloquism to trick. Like, I would like them to get themselves out. Because why set up the whole, like, knife thing? Anyway, they don't. He portals them out. Meanwhile, Archie, full-on action hero, <laughs> he explodes the train yeah, tracks. Yeah, he doesn't look at explosions. I feel like he could have just, like, tore up a bit of the train tracks. But, hey. <laughs> just taking it away with him. There, <laughs> there's a lot of different ways he could have done it. Anyway, but he blows them up. Now, Percival. Is lear- perplexed. Oh, he learns everyone's <laughs> left. He learns the train tracks are gone. And so, like. He's upset about that. We do have uh, now everybody, everybody sitting, including Reggie's dad. Reggie and his dad are very much a part of this group now. Re- Reggie's dad was having the a weirdest experience. He's just learned so many things exist. He saw a man walk out of a portal. <laughs> he saw so lots of things happen. Um, <laughs> and then they, when, they are, when will the war start? I like how they're like, what is it, what is it even going to look like? I'm like, well, it's going to look like a bunch of ghosts arriving on a train to kill you. You've been told this. You know what it's going to look like. But it turns out, no. The war will start, nah. not with a bang, but with a text message. Yes. He sends, Percival sends a group text, and <laughs> I... 
the the way that they look at this photo makes me feel like Percival has a flip phone because they can't <laughs> figure out who's in the like, photo. Huh? What is what is his fingers over? <laughs> like he's just an he's a four hundred year old man learning how to use smartphones. Like give him a break. But it's it's a photo and it's a photo of Alice and Frank and Tom. Because once again, they are hostages. He has always had hostages. Um, and they are kneeling blindfolded in front of the, the guillotine. And then I guess this text message also is written like a news report. Sure. Because he says, at midnight, uh, these three traitors have... To our cause. To our cause. It's weird because he's just sending these just to these... Guys, yeah, and but... he's also the mayor. So anyway, he's like uh, executed. Uh, we executed them, and they're, and like, they're like, "No, no, it must be a trick." <laughs> and then in comes Jughead voiceover, being like, "But it wasn't a trick. It did happen." Uh, sure, <laughs> no, sure, show. No, here's sure the thing. Happened. Here's the thing. I think it did happen. I think they're coming back on the ghost train. Right? There are no way there are repercussions of this. This will not echo past the next two episodes. No, there's no way these three... These th- I think... Here's the thing. I do think these three died. These three versions of ins- these characters. It would It would be... An, it, was, it was bad enough in episode one when Cheryl was like, I killed Jason. No, I meant more in a metaphorical way. I cannot stand if they have Jughead literally the voiceover be like, <laughs> but he was wrong and they did do it. Anyway, and then they didn't. I think they are going to come back. And you know what? That makes me even more mad because it's like the show is saying to forgive these characters. They have to be a different version of the characters. These are the reborn version. They weren't mind washed by Percival. Yeah, they got to go through heaven. <laughs> it's it's wild to me that like the, in the same episode where I remet, where I realized, oh, right. Yeah, they are. They are. Hostages. hostages. They have been hostages the entire time. They got treated as hostages. They, they were hostages. <laughs> so it just makes me think, you could have done that the entire time. We did not need the weird fake stakes of Reggie, Kevin, and his dad because they were just saved instantly as soon as Jughead became aware of their predicament. And wouldn't it be even more fun and more evil if our heroes were taken surprised by this? Yeah. 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 I just think that also... I, I would have also been fine if once again if Kevin and Reggie and his dad got themselves out mm-hmm. because then it felt like then there was a worth to it. Like something somehow Kevin got a powers or Reggie got powers. Or I would even with Reggie just using his ventriloquism again. It's mm. a, his power is throwing his voice. He's a big talker. That is a if we want to have it is pow- a known if, element if of him. We want to have powers be related to what people are like. Kind of. Tabitha, they will never explain why hers is time travel. She's an angel. Because she's an angel. And angels can travel through time. Sure. That is a thing we all know. But, like, he can he can do voice stuff because he's a big talker. But we also could do something really cool with Kevin Reggie, where he, he can, can do be a, a lot shapeshifter. of, like, shapeshifter illusions. Yeah. Like, a performance man. Yeah. They could have, if you're going to have, you're going to give people powers, give everyone powers and do cool stuff with it. Don't make it vague witch stuff and then also claim that it's superpowers yeah stop disrespecting kevin and reggie show and marty Yes, Kevin. In this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic got all caught up in telling their own backstory and oh, they realized too late that it was boring and made no sense? Mm-hmm. 
I did. This is teeny tiny. Yeah. And the only reason it exists is because obviously these two actors have a contract. Mm -hmm. When they're talking about all the things they know about Percival Pickens and they go, oh, yeah, and he's afraid of that baby, (laughs) which will not be an element in this episode. Where they show Tony and Fangs and some serpents hanging around. (laughs) Yep. It can like it was jarring and weird enough to confuse me where I was like, wait, where is this conversation happening? Are they there? No, they're, they're no the, it was a cutaway. First of all, let's know they're alive. That's right. They're hiding out yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Well, that, well, at their house. The only the one place he won't look. The one place he... I mean, you'd think he'd be keeping tabs on that baby. I, he thinks the baby's dead. He, he legitimately thinks the immortal baby is dead. Yep. So who cares? He clearly doesn't care enough about the baby to keep it alive. Oh, no, maybe. Mm, no, he thinks the baby's dead because they're like, he was a child. It was a baby Percival. Oh, yeah. When he came to punk them at the funeral. Yeah, we talked about that. So he doesn't know the baby's immortal. He thinks he killed the baby. Th- then what? Why did he want to kill the baby? I thought the problem with the baby was the baby was immortal. Aaron. Yes. I'm tired. What's your CW moment? Well, it's, it, I gotta admit, it's not for drama, it's just for logic. When they, they cut back to the Percival and Alice interview, we get a reverse shot, so we get to see, like, the studio shooting there. And they have a boom up. They have a man standing there. <laughs> Why? They're not moving. Put it on an arm. Give them lav mics. Don't make a man stand there motionless for an hour. Was this Percival? Was this Percival once again being like, I can't do anything the right way? So I will make a man stand there for an hour with a boom mic. Yes, Kevin. They tell us Percival can't do anything the good way. <laughs> he has this to. is his stated motivation. Because I have to do it the bad way. I, I'm even, glad to see that confirmed. Even in 1580, as I was sitting on that ship with these highly progressive Puritans. <laughs> I was like. Nope, conservative beliefs. Nah, nah. <laughs> if a if, man goes out to work and do witchcraft, here, a woman stays at home. Here's the thing: if he had, if he had, I think, been shipped to America, maybe this is what happened in Riverdale. He was shipped to America, but he was with like normal, normal pilgrims and Puritans. And he was like, oh, this and is he, cool. This is he, how we live. No, no, he was like, because he has to do everything the wrong way. He was like. <laughs> Oh, this is the right way. Well, then I need to fight for equal rights and I need to do this. And then he was killed by wolves. Like <laughs> He tried to make friends with the Uctana. That it, no, wait, that happened 300 years. What? No, the Uctana were around. Aaron, we did not see enough of Sweetwater Village to know the Uctana were probably a tribe that were nearby. But how could there have been a settlement there since the 1500s if the Uctana were murdered in the 1800s? I thought no, they murdered the Uctana to get their land. They murdered them to get murdered them to get more land. You, we saw where we, here's the thing: we saw that they had this small village. Obviously, the small yeah. town, like pioneer village. We saw where Percival was left in the woods. Pop Tates. That was Pop Tates, which is now part of Riverdale. Right, so, and that was in the middle of the woods. Okay, so the town. Right. Ex- the, it's exactly what happened. The, the town expanded, and then the Bloss- blossoms. blossoms hired Percival Pickens to kill the Uctana so that they could expand. Into their territory. So that then they could run the railway and the brothels yes. and the public houses. Yes, because Sweetwater Village was was run by a bunch of progressive <laughs> people. <laughs> and they're like, no, you can't do that. Actually, we're, we're, you know, we're fine no, with some no. of those things. But but also the Blossoms were a part of the ruling council of Sweetwater Village. Nope, only one of them was. 
And oh, then that one then, died. Then there's Abigail Blossom later, who was also cool, but the rest of them were bad. Except for when Cheryl talks about them. Okay, let's move on. Nope. <laughs> nope. Let's end this. It's been another hour and a half episode. I'm so. I, this is our future now. <laughs> Why does the show? The show takes longer to talk about than it does to to watch. Because it thinks it makes sense, but it makes no sense. This show takes longer to think about than it does to watch. I I pause this show. It takes me. This show is like forty five minutes long. I have to pause it to think. Yes, I have to stop and reflect and be like, wait, what? Like sometimes I have to look things up. <laughs> This is what we go through for you, the audience. Hey, there's only two episodes left. So, audience, what do you go through for us? Please hit us up on the social media. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. We're on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice, and we still have another season of this. So, Mm -hmm. yes. And remember, you can check out my books, com. I have a new one uh, coming out in October. So Ooh. keep an eye on uh, my website, my social media for things such as that. Like the cover art that was recently released? Yes, the cover art, the cover art, the cover art, the cover art, the cover art was recently released and you can check that out. Also, there's me. I'm at a flimsyplan.com. And we will see you next week. Will Percival's ghost army arrive? Why is baby Anthony important? Will Riverdale return? Again? Answers all this and more in the next episode of Mystery Osiris and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 